And after that, you get your entire money back and also get 1 lakh or 2 lakh for next 15 to 20 years after the policy term. The total amount the insurance company give you may come to about 1 crore or more than that. It sounds amazing in terms of absolute numbers, isn't it? But in terms of return in percentage, it may not be very attractive. To talk about these and to tell us if one should continue holding them if already taken, we have with us Mr. Sumit Ramani, co-founder of protectmewell.com. He has about 15 years of experience in the insurance industry focusing on life and health insurance. In his previous roles, he has designed and priced insurance products for the Indian market. He is also a fellow member of Indian and UK actuarial societies. So with before we get into the discussion, uh tell us have you ever taken a endowment plan uh if not now maybe in the early stages of your career? um not really satya i mean uh, i think my dad never liked insurance until i qualified as an actuary hence i was not never forced to buy an endowment product like most of my friends were uh, on pretext of uh, saving having some sort of savings right equally uh, when i started working in first few years i realized that uh, endowment products are not for me so no i haven't bought an endowment product ever Okay uh to ask you on why you decided that it is not for you before going to that uh tell us you know in terms of in case of endowment plans there are uh several types like a uh, non-linked and the linked participating non-participating so uh give us a gist of what an endowment plan is and what types of uh, endowment plans are there in the market right so uh, any insurance plan that has a saving component along with a death cover is endowment plan right and these plans can then be built on several platforms uh, when i say platform it could be a, a unit it could be a linked which is now known as ulips in india there are also unitized with profits which are a rare breed no longer exist in india they used to so we'll, we'll probably not talk about it uh, so there are linked which are ulips and there are non linked uh, and then there are categories of uh, the further subdivisions and non linked as well so in non linked you probably have heard about participating endowment plans and non participating endowment plans so participating uh, essentially here means you are participating in the profits of the company there is of course a guaranteed component in terms of benefit but a portion of what a policy holder gets is a function of how well the company is performing i'm using it loosely here it's essentially the how the participating fund is performing but for policy holders it's essentially how the company is performing and when i say performing how is the com- experience of company in terms of the mortality the lapses expenses 
that gets factored into what an policyholder gets. And those are essentially then participating endowment plans. And then there are other breaches which are called which are non-participating endowment plans. In here, everything that you're gonna get is guaranteed from day zero. You exactly know how much premium you are going to get, if you are going to get any survival benefits during the term, and the maturity that benefit that you're going to get is defined on day zero. These are non-linked, non-participating endowment plans. Uh, typically, most money-back plans would also feature under non-non-linked, non uh non-linked, non-participating endowment plans. So exactly the reason why, uh, you know, the, the, the because of the money-back policies, I thought endowment plans are one of the best, uh, you know, products available in the market when, before I started my career. Uh, because uh, it's for me, it's like a no-brainer that, you know, I'm paying for insurance, but my money also is coming back, is what I thought. Uh, you know, only after realizing there is a metric to calculate the returns from it, uh, and there are a separate products available for the insurance, then I realized, okay, maybe endowment plans are not very ideal for me as well. Uh, so before discussing whether uh, it's a good plan or not, uh, and comparing this with other investment products or the insurance products, tell us uh, how can uh, one calculate returns from an endowment or any money back plans? What is the metric to look here? Uh, are there any tools online one can use to calculate this? Yep. So uh, if you talk only about in financial terms, the metric one should be looking at is IRR. Uh, and before I get into what IRR is, it's important to realize that an endowment plan also has an insurance component. So it's, uh, and some part of your premium goes towards covering the cost of death, right? So it's not completely fair to compare an IRR of an endowment plan which has both mortality and savings component with a pure, pure savings component product like let's say government bonds, right? But for all practical purpose, one should be looking at IRR, that is internal rate of return. To understand IRR, uh, think of it as a compounding rate of return that you get on your investment. So if you put in 100 rupees and you get 105 rupees at the end of the year, it's the IRR becomes 5%. If you get uh, uh, basically, and then you get five more percent on 105 as a principal at the end of the year. So that's essentially the compounding rate of return you get on your original investment, uh, which is IRR in, in financial parlance. Uh, there are, I did not come across any tool which uh, does calculations of IRR uh, for endowment plans. And more so, I did not find any way to compare IRRs of an endowment plan as opposed to an option wherein you buy a pure protection product like a term insurance and invest rest of it in an, another instrument and see how then these two are compared. So essentially, I did not find anything which could break endowment plan into two parts. That is the mortality part or the protection part and the investment part. So I built myself. Uh, I uh, built uh, insurance products in past. So this is something which was easier for me. And I thought this would benefit a lot of people. Uh, so the, I did a Google spreadsheet, which is available for free, everyone to play around with, put in their inputs, which are specific to them and see for themselves whether uh, a given endowment product makes sense for them. And if they've already bought an endowment plan, does it make sense to surrender, take an alternative route that is buy a term insurance and then also buy an investment product and compare the IRRs basically. 
yeah before we get to the calculation part tell us why should one check the irr of an investment or you know while buying the insurance product whether it could be endowment or any uh, term insurance or anything right so when you are investing money you want to know how how much you are going to get right and there are two ways of looking at it one is in absolute terms so if you put in 100 as uh, original investment on day 0 how much you're going to get in 10 years 20 years 30 years time in absolute terms it might look like okay you put in 100 uh, in the first year and you're getting three times in 20 years right so the absolute amount could look a lot but in in the returns perspective this number might look very very small so if you go by let's say rule of 72 wherein the let's say and if the rate of return is six percent the money gets doubled every 12 years right so if you invest 100 rupees now in 24 years time you should get four four times what you have invested a very simple back of the envelope calculation while four times of what you invested might look a big number but the rate of return is just six percent and you could get much higher by purely investing in a 20 year or 24 year government bond right so hence it's important to see a number or two uh, to calculate irr which gives a better picture as opposed to look at the absolute terms great uh, you know it's brilliant that you have uh, made the excel by yourself and put it for the public to uh, you know check uh, their returns irrs on these products uh, you know, if you're wondering why I have invited you for the podcast, uh, the Excel is one of the you know big reasons. I came across this Excel and I thought you're the best person to talk about, uh, you know, endowment plan plans, uh, whether whether one can continue investing in the endowment plans or not. Um, Sumit, in the Excel, so your point is that one would be better off uh, in terms of this IRR uh, by discontinuing an endowment plan and instead take a pure term plan at lower cost and invest rest of the money. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so uh, just to clarify, I'm not making that statement. Uh, I'm only uh, providing tool to see it for themselves, right? Uh, and it's, 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 uh, the answer is not very simple. There are multiple factors at play here. Uh, the three important one is what is the structure or the benefit structure of the endowment plan that you have? Do you have money backs during the uh, during the policy term or you or you get all of it towards the end how far you are already into it right uh, if it's a 30-year plan you're already 25 years into it it may not really be good idea to surrender and get your money back invest in an alternative instrument uh, because the alternative instrument may not have enough time to catch up the difference right because you will lose some money by surrendering uh, typically you get less than 100 percent when you surrender so since there, there are no straight answers, it's not that it's always a good idea to surrender an existing endowment plan and take an alternative route. I thought it's a good idea to do a spreadsheet wherein you could see calculations, see if it, if it is really a good idea to surrender and buy a new one. Uh, so can you give us an example? I think uh, when you put it in the numbers, I think that's when we actually realize uh, the importance yeah. of uh, you know, not continuing with an endowment plan or not taking an endowment plan, instead take a term insurance plan and then invest the rest of the money somewhere. Uh, take, take an example, which is like the default example in my spreadsheet. I've kept it very, very simple. Said, okay, uh, let's assume a scenario wherein someone is putting in 10,000 year on year for next 30 years. 
and the maturity benefit is five lakhs, uh, which you get at the end of the term. Uh, if you do a simple calculation, the IRR turns around to be around three, little over three percent, right? And these numbers could be slightly off, but uh, it would be an order of three, three and a half percent. And then I do a second scenario wherein I say, okay, uh, you were anyway investing 10,000 as premium year on year. Now I split that into two. Uh, let's say, let's take out 500 out of it. That goes towards buying a term insurance, which will give you a cover of 5 lakh. Remaining 9,500 is used to buy another instrument, which fetches you return of, let's say, 8% year on year for next 25 years. Uh, you, of course, surrender it after fifth year, right? So you surrender, you bought an endowment plan, you surrendered it after fifth year, you got only 50% of what you had put in as premium. So since you have paid for five, five years, you put in 50,000, you got only 25,000 back. That money and all the future premiums, uh, after accounting for the fact that some of it goes towards some insurance, is now investment in an uh, instrument which is purely an investment instrument. The returns turns out to be a little over 6%. And that tells you that you're losing probably good two, two and a half percent year on year for 25% uh, when you invest in when you invest in an endowment product right and these numbers could be off depending upon where you are which product you have bought uh, and the uh, fact that these the numbers that i've used are still dummy what i've also kind of clearly highlighted is that these returns are pre-tax so in most instruments you would end up paying tax in insurance in the current term current time and day there's no tax on the maturity benefits, assuming certain conditions are met. So you might want to look at returns post-tax and not pre-tax as a model does, because uh, I don't know how when this model would be used five years, 10 years down the line, and what would be the tax scenarios, right? So the numbers that you see are pre-tax. Equally, one might also want to consider the fact that uh, if you are already 40, 45, 50, buying get getting a term insurance may not be as easy so before you actually make the decision of surrendering an endowment plan and buying a new term insurance please do uh, check whether you are able to get a term insurance of the size that you want or not and also factor in the tax regime that is currently in progress sure maybe we have to uh, sum up uh, everything that you've said so far uh, if a if a person is considering to buy an endowment plan I think it is better for him or her to do one calculation before buying it actually. So yeah. first do a calculation of what would be the IRR on this endowment product. And the second scenario, you have to compare it with uh, the other scenario in which you buy a term insurance at a lower price and the rest of the amount, you know, you invest it, uh, you know, in some of the uh, instruments, investment instruments and see what would be the IRR in that case. And once you compare both, then, uh, you know, considering always also the taxation part, they can take a decision on whether to go for an endowment plan or to go for just a term plan and then invest rest of the money in uh, other investment products. As you rightly said, uh, it's a good idea to do these calculations before you, you buy insurance, right? That's the most ideal time to do it. But if you're already into it, it might still be a good idea to do these calculations and see if it makes sense to 
take an alternative. Uh, makes sense. Um, you know, if endowment plans, we can we can say that endowment most of the endowment plans in the market are providing less IRR uh, compared to buying a term plan and uh, investing the rest of it. Uh, so when the returns on the endowment plans are lower, why are insurance companies still selling these products with time? Why do they make up for large share in the number of life insurance policies sold? Is there a niche segment of the population to whom these products suit? Yeah, uh, very interesting question and very relevant for this podcast, right? Uh, as they say, uh, insurance is not bought, but sold, right? But it's equally important to realize that it, it's not sold on a gunpoint. If you are paying one lakh premium a year, you are not forced to do it. You're doing it because you saw a merit in it. And their merits uh, go beyond uh, the IRR. Uh, if you think about uh, investing in an endowment plan for a pure perspective of achieving a goal, a taking example, let's say I have a daughter, I want to save let's say 25 lakhs when she turns 18 for her higher education. It might be a good idea to buy an endowment plan because this goal would be met whether I'm alive or not. Because if I'm alive, I'll get the maturity benefit. If I'm not, then the uh, death benefit would take care of it. So, and there is no other instrument which does both, right? So uh, for someone to do, get something, something similar, uh, he'll have to buy a term insurance and also invest in uh, and purely investment related product which might be more effective, but may not work for everyone, right? We are making an assumption that there are enough financially savvy people who understand both the products equally well, would be happy to maintain two different products uh, and uh, not go with an endowment plan, which is simple, does the job, probably more, uh, more not super efficient, not most efficient product or not, but it gives him peace of mind, right? So there are reasons, there are people who are, willing to sacrifice a, a few basis points in terms of returns for the peace of mind. That's one part, right? Equally, the other, other important bits are, in India, we are yet to get to a point where we start seeing insurance as a pure protection product, right? We are just not, um, you have just not made peace with the fact that we put in money, uh, give it to insurance companies, and if we survive the term, we don't get anything. It's not something we have made peace with. Uh, whether in, uh, but in some markets, uh, the endowment, focus, endowment products just do not exist. I was trying to explain this to another friend of mine who is also an actuary, has lived in US for the last 15 years. Uh, what does an endowment product look like? He was just not able to appreciate it because he hasn't seen it, right? So in US, you would not see any endowment products. You will, Majority of the people would buy a term insurance, right? So it's one, people actually want peace of mind. Second, uh, we get to see insurance as protection and not as an investment. So the third bit is, uh, uh, if you look at purely from absolute commissions that an advisor could make by selling an endowment product, it's much, much higher than uh, he or she would get by selling a pure protection product, right? Yeah, true. This insurance uh, products or the insurance terms are very complex for everybody to understand it very easily. And I think this is one of our ways to uh, approach uh, leaders, listeners, or the viewers and uh, make them understand what are the options 
other options available to them. That's all. Uh, to summarize, you know, what we're trying to convey through this uh, podcast or video is that, you know, when you are planning to buy an endowment plan, just consider doing a simple math. You know, the Excel link is also provided here in the description box below. Just do a simple math on whether the endowment policy will actually make your purpose at the same time, give uh, efficient or you know better returns on your investments. That's all from our side, uh, Mr. Sumit. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot, Satya. That's all for now in this episode. Listeners, if you have any queries, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Suntanam. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with a fresh episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me at neil.b at livemint.com. To give us feedback, you can reach out to us also on HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com और सुनो नए नजरिए से दिस वॉज अ मिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट